Eagles Entertainment. Devontae Maddox checking in. And I know we're all going through a rough time dealing with the COVID-19. I just want to let you guys know this is a great moment to grow as a country, a city, a team, you know, doing something that we don't normally do, and that's social distancing. Uh, me, things I've been doing was calling my family, my friends, just letting them know that I'm thinking about them at this hard time. And, you know, that really means a lot, and I encourage you guys to do that as well. Also, you know, staying active. I have a gym in my basement I work out in. I might take a jog around the block, around the corner. You know, just staying active is a great thing, and I encourage you to do that as well. Even if it's 10 push-ups a day, that means a lot. You know, just keep your body active. And last but not least, just find you a hobby you don't that you normally don't do in the house, or, you know, during this quarantine time. Me, I've been cooking. I'm not the best cook there is, but I feel like I'm getting a little better. <laughs> and, uh, you know, also maybe just read a book. You know, refreshing the brain is always a good thing to do. And then, you know, my favorite hobby, last but not least, is gaming. You know, I play a lot of video games. I've been streaming on Twitch. Maybe me and you can get a game in if you come hop into my stream. Uh, you know, just to entertain you while you're at home. And, you know, just stay safe out here. Stay strong and stay home. It's Monday. Good day, everyone. And hello, Eagles everywhere. It's the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro with you, hoping everyone remains safe, remains sound. we got a long way to go here. Let's all do our part and get ready for the 2020 Philadelphia Eagles football season. We have a terrific podcast for you. Later in the show, I'm joined by Fran Duffy and Chris McPherson. They will break down with me the cornerback position. We are going position by position. Last week we did safety. Today we do cornerback. And linebacker Jatavis Brown played four years with the Chargers and now he comes to Philadelphia on a one-year deal. Where does he fit in at the linebacker position? We will get to know Jatavis Brown in just a few moments. But first up, part two of our exclusive one-on-one interview with Eagles general manager Howie Roseman. And today, we talk about some of the very difficult decisions Roseman and the Eagles had to make, including allowing safety Malcolm Jenkins to test free agency. He went back to New Orleans. The Eagles have a void to fill. Howie, you also have brought back players who were here in 2019. Rodney McLeod, Jalen Mills, Nate Sudfeld, Hassan Ridgeway. Let's go through them one by one. First, Rodney and what you saw from him last year and how you feel his leadership is so important. And maybe he takes that up another level here in 2020. Yeah, I think the thing about Rodney that that's always been impressive to us is he's never out of position. Um, and so sometimes, although maybe you don't see those flash plays that people are accustomed to seeing from the safety position. Uh, it's because that people aren't thrown on him and people aren't taking the chances. And uh, another year back from his ACL surgery, uh, we think Rodney is a really good football player for us. Uh, and obviously, you know, we're losing a tremendous leader in Malcolm Jenkins. And like all of us in these roles, we have people that we look up to and we try to take the grooming from them and, I think if you talk to Rodney, he'll tell you that uh, being around Malcolm and, and what kind of leader he is and what kind of person he is, uh, he's got seen that and sees this as an opportunity to kind of put his own spin on it. Health with Jalen, uh, when we drafted Jalen, we thought that he had incredible versatility. Uh, he could he had played safety, he had played nickel corner, uh, he had played outside corner, 
And uh, I think when you look at kind of his skill set and going back about the things that he can do, he fits where the game is going. We're excited about the potential options for Jalen and what he can do uh, for our team. And he's another guy that uh, all our young players look up to. He's got a tremendous work ethic, competitiveness, and he's got a chip on his shoulder. And we're trying to bring in as many people who have a chip on their shoulder of something to prove because that's who we are. You know, we're constantly trying to prove stuff uh, and uh, try to get better there. Then you talk about Hassan and, and going back on the season, which we do after the year, and just seeing where he was going and the arrow up for him, and you, you saw it in some of those games where he had, he had to fill in. You know, he got hurt at the wrong time. He was playing really well. Um, he has a skill set that fits our defense. He's a young player. We're excited about trading for him last year, and, and so he's got an opportunity here because of the way that we want to rotate our defense a lot. And so he's got an opportunity to come in and continue his development, and we're excited about that. You talked on the offensive side of the ball, Nate Sudfeld. Um, you know, Nate's, got, Nate's a guy that we've always been incredibly high on. Um, he has a skill set to be a, a good quarterback in the league. I know last year didn't work out exactly how he, he was hoping personally. But uh, I think where we are um, as a football team and where he is, I think the, the marriage makes sense for now. And um, we understand his goals aren't, aren't to be a career backup. You know, he's got high expectations for himself. He's got tremendous work ethic. Um, if you talk to our players on the team, they have a lot of confidence in Nate and his ability to go play. Howie, if we could go back to Jalen for a moment, is there, we've seen in social media, he's mentioned the idea of potentially playing some of the roles that Malcolm played. Do you, do you have a feel for the role that Jalen will have in 2020? Yeah, I think that you see that skill set. I haven't seen the social media, but you've seen that he's got the skill set to do a lot of things that we ask for our safeties to do and being able to have the versatility to also be able to cover, you know, come down and cover. He can play in the slot. He can come out outside and cover our tight ends. Uh, and he's done it. You know, he did it at LSU. So um, I think for us right now, we're trying to add talent. We're trying to add guys that we feel fit our culture. Um, and so for us, we'll, we'll just figure out all that, the rest of, with our coaching staff, and they do a tremendous job putting guys in position to have success. And then with Nate, is, is it fair to ask, is Nate Sudfeld the number two quarterback? Is that position still fluid? How do you look at quarterback? We have, we have confidence in Nate's ability to be the number two quarterback. There's no doubt about that. At the same time, I'd say this about every position, Dave. Like, we got to add competition. We got to add talent. I'd say that if you ask me about defense line right now, and I think we, we've added to there, and we have some young guys we like at that. So, right now, we're in the talent acquisition mode. Um, and so, we're trying to find every way to get better and to have depth because we've seen it. You know, depth is extremely important in this league. And, um, that's our role to get as much depth as possible. Yeah. I mean, Howie, I think I counted up eight defensive tackles last year. I mean, you literally cannot have enough quality uh, depth at any position, particularly along the line of scrimmage. That was, that's a crazy number. That's a crazy number. Crazy number. Um, crazy right, number. Yeah, let's talk, let's talk about this. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins and the difficulty. I mean, we're all very close to Malcolm. We all appreciate everything he's done for the Philadelphia Eagles and the community. How difficult was that decision to allow him to become a free agent? Yeah, a lot of sleepless nights, um, you know, not feeling great about letting good players and good people go. Uh, but I think 
you see it around the league and, and we're in an era of our football team where we understand that we can't keep everyone. We're going to have to make hard decisions and we're going to try to have to balance, you know, how the team looks right now and how the team looks two years from now and three years from now. And uh, at the same time, you know, trying desperately to be uh, super competitive with that. So, um, you know, that, that is a very hard decision. The, that's one that we spent a lot of time discussing and I understand my role, you know, my role sometimes is I, I got to make unpopular decisions and, um, you know, that I don't take that lightly, but uh, I also feel like, uh, I, I got to do a better job about that. And I said that when we met at the end of the year that I, I got to make some difficult decisions. And, um, you know, I think we've made a couple of them here, uh, in the past week. And, the beautiful thing about this is, is we'll see how it plays out, you know, and, and I'm not saying we're going to be hundred percent on all these because these are good players and they've been good players for us. And we expect they will be good players going forward, but you know, we just look at it like uh, resources and how the resource allocation of, of what we're going to do. And when you see it, those are the decisions that we have to make over a two year period. You know, here's what this guy makes and here's what this guy makes. And, um, you know, we got to feel like, hey, this is this is what made more sense for us right where we are. Another difficult decision, Jason Peters and giving him the opportunity to test the market. Where does it stand with Jason at this time? What went into the thinking of allowing him to test the market? Well, another great player and great person. You know, he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer and um, has been tremendous for our football team uh, on the field and off the field. And you know, there's not enough praise to go around for Jason. He really is the bodyguard for all of us. You know, he's always looking out for all of us personally and professionally. And and the hardest part about this is this is a guy, again, playing at a high level last year. You know, he played well. Um, and it's just the nature of what we got to do here. And we got a lot of highly paid guys who deserve it on our team. And we got to figure out uh, some places where we can just let young players grow. And uh, we drafted Andre last year in the first round. And he needs to play. He's, he's ready to play. We've got, we've proven him to play. And um, that doesn't mean that he's going to play at the same level as he will down the line, because all of us in these roles, you know, we got to get the experience and learn from the experience and get better. Howie, at the same time, Jason has not signed anywhere. I know you have always been very good about two-way communication, keeping options open. Um, are you in communication with Jason? Do you is there a possibility he comes back to Philadelphia if things don't work out there? What is, how does that situation look? Yeah, I think Jason's an incredibly guy. We try to the best we can, obviously in the position we're in to, to show our loyalty back. So we're in communication with him and really all of our free agents um, because we care about them. And uh, we're trying to make sure that we're at least having these conversations and at the same time, we're their best reference for any of these guys. So if teams call us, which we do, you know, we have relationships with all these other teams. And if people call us on stuff, just like we call them and ask them about guys, uh, we'll be honest and shoot them straight. Howie, there are some other positions to discuss. If you have a few more moments here, uh, obviously wide receiver is one that the Eagles fans always speak a lot about and always very attuned in. And um, what are your thoughts on how the position stands right now and how you might address it moving forward throughout the rest of free agency or in the draft. Yeah, it's hard to do everything in free agency. It's hard to fix every single thing that you want to fix, um, you know, one free agency period. And, um, 
listen, let's be transparent about it. We need better play from that position. There's no doubt about it, you know, to sit here and, and say it's not on our minds. But uh, as we looked at kind of where we could put our resources in free agency and making these decisions, and some of them were tough decisions. Some of them, you know, there were opportunities that we looked at and we dove into and, um, you know, we decided to go in a different direction. And I think, you know, as we look at our receiving group, I, I think it's important that we know, like, it's one, we have a lot of time before we play our first game. I think, two, also, you know, we have some players coming back that we do think highly of and that we do think can contribute to our football team and have done that and been good players. And you know, sometimes I think in, in the discussions, we we just kind of look at the moment in time where we're playing in the playoffs or those last four games and what was on the field there. But, you know, our goal isn't to have those guys only competing for jobs and, you know, raising the talent level. So, you know, I, I think that we got a lot of time here and uh, we'll look at every opportunity to improve the team. And we also have some guys that, are in that rotation that are on our roster that we do think highly of and that we do think are going to be uh, huge additions and, and help our team next year. That's a great segue, Howie, into two veterans, Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson. How do they factor into the plans for 2020? Yeah, I think that when we talk about Alshon, some things that uh, people don't get to see that we get to see on a daily basis is this guy wants to win world championships in Philly. You know, he has told me um, including recently how much he wants to win for our fans, for our city. Um, he has those those same conversations with other people in the building. You know, he it is important for him to be a Philadelphia Eagle and to work hard and he understands where people feel about him right now. Um, and he's not sitting there feeling sorry for himself. He's sitting there trying to work to remind people about the kind of player that he's been for our football team. And, um, you know, the, the priority for Alshon is to get healthy. He needs to get healthy. And I think that, um, you know, just talking to our PR staff and hearing the narrative of Alshon, Alshon's a good player. And um, I think that we lose sight of that a little bit and the things that he can do when he's healthy, the toughness that he's shown to try to bring, bring a championship to our city, which he helped obviously um, tremendously and to have another one, you know, as we transition to Deshaun, um, Deshaun is a guy who is incredibly motivated to show our city, to show our fans um, how important it is uh, for him to win, uh, for him to, uh, show the skill level that we know he still has in his body. Uh, it was incredibly unfortunate what happened to him that he plays in that first game, obviously at a superstar level. Uh, and I think for us uh, with our new uh, training staff, with our new uh, strength staff, I think we have a good plan for Deshaun and how to maximize his potential and his difference making ability. And I know he's working right now from the end of the season, he was in our building when he could be, and working really hard and he's got a chip on his shoulder and, and obviously, you know, we're big fans of him and his talent level. Um, so I, you know, I hope I answered both those questions. You did just great. Uh, there were a couple of deals done with some very prominent wide receivers in the last week, DeAndre Hopkins, Stefan Diggs. Were you in the mix at all? Were the Eagles thinking about adding either of those players? I don't know that I can name a player that's been traded over the last few years that we haven't been in the mix on or had a discussion on, um, you know, and I don't say that to pat ourselves on the back. I just think that's the nature of our job is to know what's going out there. And, uh, you know, 
I, I think that we're trying to balance um, our resources and what we think we already have out there. And and again, like we're not sitting here saying that we've made we're a hundred for a hundred on decision making. Like we we have not been perfect on that, but I think our batting average is pretty good. And um, I think when we looked at it and looked at at some of the decisions, we knew that these are really good players who are getting traded. And um, could we do it? Yeah, we could do anything. But what are the ramifications for that? And then what what are the solutions? if we go in this direction, as opposed to solutions at other positions. And um, those are hard to balance and, and we try to do our best in those and have those honest conversations. And um, again, we'll see how it plays out over the next couple of years. Howie, two more positions to talk about. First up tight end with Zach, with Dallas, uh, seems to be a position that's pretty set. How, how do you look at that group? Well, you know, Dave, I, I think that that's a great point that you talk about, about the tight end position, the running back position, because we've always looked at our group of weapons uh, uh, as a total group. And um, when you talk about the running back position, not that, you know, we're going to stand pat, we only have three on our roster. So obviously we're going to add to that. But just just looking at what Miles did as a rookie and, and Boston coming in uh, at the end of the year and the talent level that those guys have and fit in the offense – and then when you talk about our tight end group, you know, Dallas uh, had a had a calf injury towards the end of training camp. And so you saw him and what kind of player he is and what kind of player he can become. And and we really, when we think about Dallas, think about um, he, his ceiling is tremendous and his work ethic. And obviously you're talking about Zach Ertz, who, who has just uh, been an outstanding player since the day he walked in the building and and when you have those two guys and the mismatches that they can provide and the things that they can do, well, that's really exciting for us. Um, and then you had guys on our roster last year, Josh Perkins, who came in towards the end of the year and, and played and contributed to our team. And Alex Ellis was a guy that we liked coming out of training camp. And again, you know, we're sitting here in March. Um, we're going to continue to look for ways to improve that spot and every spot on our roster. Thanks so much to Howie. Now let's take a few moments here to get to know one of the newest Philadelphia Eagles. He was drafted in the fifth round of the 2016 NFL Draft by the Chargers, and he played a lot for three years, was a mainstay in that defense. An ankle injury suffered late in 2018, carried over into 2019, and last season Brown disappeared in the Chargers' defense playing less than 100 snaps. He is in Philadelphia. He's expecting to feel rejuvenated with this fresh start. We go one-on-one with linebacker Jatavis Brown. Thank you so much, Jatavis. How's it feel being in Philadelphia? Oh, man, it feels great, man. I'm just ready for the opportunity that they gave me. Uh, interesting background. You um, certainly have made the most of your, of your opportunities. And one thing that strikes me, Jatavis, you don't take this for granted. You've had some real difficult times in your life. Can you kind of talk about what football means to you? I mean, man, football is you know pretty much everything to me. I grew up playing football. I've been loving it since I was young. So, I mean, and football has got me through a lot. You know, a lot of things that go on in my life, I'm able to, you know, get through it because of football, because I'm, you know, able to go out and just have fun and, and do what I love to do, let's play ball. When do you remember falling in love with the game of football? 
Oh, this was young. I might have been about, I'll say seven or eight, because I started playing when I was about six or seven. So about seven or eight, you know, I knew I wanted to play football and wanted to play professional ball. Jatavis, uh, was the recruiting process to go into college what you expected it to be? It's interesting that you you went to Akron, which, I mean, I got to tell you, going from Florida to Ohio, uh, a lot of guys don't really seem to take that route. Why? Why did you do? Why did you go to Akron? Uh, first of all, Akron was, and I'm I'm forever thankful and grateful for that opportunity they gave me there. And you know, I owe Ak- Akron a lot, and I'm, you know, I'm just grateful for that opportunity. But I mean, Akron was the best thing I had coming out. I felt like it was the best move for me to make and, and to help benefit me and to make my dreams come true. Why did you pick the Philadelphia Eagles in free agency? What about? The Eagles is attractive to you. Oh, I think the uh, you know just the culture there, and you know they, they those guys know how to win, and just I mean they compete, and you could tell by how they play on Sundays. But you know it just I think it's a good fit for me, and uh, I'm excited to be there. Jatavis, for Eagles fans who aren't familiar with your game, what can they expect to see in 2020? Uh, a playmaker, man, somebody just go out every every weekend and just ball and have fun and just. Enjoy being out there with my teammates and just, you know, having fun and balling. How were your years with the Chargers? A lot of, very odd, you know, moving from one place to another, from San Diego to L.A. I mean, what was that whole thing like? How, was that a disruption in your career? Oh, I don't think so. I mean, everybody goes through things in life, and, you know, we had to go through this as an organization. We had to go through it as an organization, so, I mean, we got through it. But I don't think it had nothing to do with my, my playing career and all the moves we had to make. And, you know, my, my career was what it was, and, I'm, you know, I'm excited and I'm ready to move forward. Who do you know in the Eagles locker room? Do you have any friends there? I have a former teammate slash brother, uh, Craven LeBlanc. That's my, that's my homie. What was what? What did Cravon tell you about playing in Philadelphia? Oh man, he said it's a great culture here, and you know the the, the you know locker room is great. The boys they they love to have fun, they love the ball, but they when it's time to work, it's time to work. Where where are you right now? Are you out in California? Are you in Florida? Where where are you right now? Oh yeah, I'm currently still in California at my uh, what spot is, here. What what's it been like uh, these these last couple of weeks for you? Oh man, it's, I mean, I'm I'm normally in the house all the time, so this is nothing new for me. But I mean, trying to go to the store and get things is a little more challenging now. I I noticed in your bio that you like to cook. Are you spending a lot of time in the kitchen these days? I do spend a lot of time in the kitchen. I pretty much everything I eat, I pretty much cook. So, you know, what I, is your specialty? What, what's your specialty? Uh, man, I I say some soul food, some Jamaican food. I'm Jamaican. Okay. Davis, what uh, what kind of goals do you have before we get to to start? The, hopefully, the football starts relatively soon. But what do you want to accomplish before that? Do you get a chance to study any football or to get a sense of what the playbook's like? Oh no, I haven't. I just it's pretty much just been introducing myself to everybody and just getting to know everyone. No, uh, okay. I haven't mentioned about the schemes or anything yet. What's the reaction been? with your friends and family that now that you're a Philadelphia Eagle. Oh, man, they love it, man. Especially that we got two former high school teammates on the team together. Man, I mean, everybody loves it. Man. It should be fun. Uh, I love. I can't wait to get you and Cravon together and find out a little bit more about Cravon. He's a very interesting guy. Thank you so much, Jatavis. Appreciate it. Take care. We continue our position-by-position position look at the Philadelphia Eagles. Fran Duffy, Chris McPherson, 
Eagle Eye in the Sky, and Journey to the Draft podcasts. They join me to dissect the cornerback spots, an area the Eagles addressed in a big, big way in free agency. Guys, thanks so much for joining me. Last week, we talked about the safety positions. Now let's talk about cornerback. And I'll begin with this, Fran, you first. When the Eagles went into the offseason here, where did you rank cornerback on the list of positions you would love to see the Eagles upgrade? Well, I think it had to be just about near the top, right? Because uh, I think on both sides of the ball, you want to see this team get faster. Uh, and they certainly have done that with the addition of Darius Slay. You look at Will Parks, the safety position, and, uh, you know, we, there's a lot of discussion that needs to be had uh, with Jalen Mills. And that, that flexibility there with what he could do from a versatility standpoint gives them options moving forward. If they want to go, you know, further address corner in the draft, if they want to further address safety in the draft, depending on how they go there, uh, with the guys like Avante Maddox, the guys like Jalen Mills, they've got the ability uh, to go a number of different directions here. But Darius Slay is the best corner, Dave, that you, know, you could arguably say that they've had since, you know, at least Asante Samuel. I mean, he's got that ability. So, you know, adding a guy like Slay to the fold certainly makes the secondary better. Okay, T-Mac, your turn. When the Eagles entered the offseason, where was cornerback on your list of positions the Eagles would have been great upgrading? Where was it ranked? It was very high because I think Jim Schwartz felt like he couldn't do everything he wanted with the defense. I feel like he felt he was limited schematically because of the talent in that area. And by getting Slay, it gives him so many options, someone who could travel with the top receiver of the opposing team, uh, someone who you feel confident can take care of his side of the field. That allows you now going into the draft, as Fran said, you can still upgrade, whether it's through other acquisitions in the draft or afterwards. But the big thing here is you've got the one corner position set. You have an athletically gifted player there. Now you can figure out whether it's going to be Jalen Mills, unless he's going to make the conversion to safety since he's now, quote, quote, quote a defensive back. But you have Sidney Jones, who Harry Roseman said needs to step up big time here going into his you know third full season fully healthy. Rasul Douglas has had experience as has been inconsistent in his career. Uh, and I think also you've taken care of the nickel position pretty well because you've got nickel Roby Coleman, who was one of the best in the league playing the slot. He was just limited in that. That's what he does. He is primarily a slot cornerback. You have Cravon LeBlanc there who has held down the position well. And Avante Maddox really is the wild card here because he can pretty much play anywhere that they need to in the secondary. So it's going to be great for Jim Schwartz to be able to free him up to kind of employ him wherever he sees best. It seems to me that the model that you might want to follow here is what the Kansas City Chiefs did as they won the Super Bowl in February, and they had four cornerbacks on the field. And the Honey Badger is really a cornerback disguised as a safety of a new breed here of versatility. The Eagles want to cover better, and they gave up too many big plays in the past game last year. And we talk about Slay as the starter, but let's talk about and we, let's talk about that nickel spot. And Chris, you mentioned it with Nickel Roby Coleman, not a position where you go, oh, well, the Eagles really have a need there because Avante Maddox was pretty good last year at it, and when Cravon LeBlanc has played, he's been darn good at it. So, why Nickel Roby Coleman, Fran? Well, I think really when you talk about guys that can play in the slot, if you're going to play in that dime package with six defensive backs, 
need two guys that can play in the slot. And so, uh, you know, whether that's Avante Maddox, whether that's Will Parks, whether that's Jatavis Brown, whether that's Jalen Mills, you know, all these guys, and that's where you start getting into the discussion, Dave. Uh, you know, Howie Roseman used the term last week in his conference call with the media was positionless players, positionless football. And I think when you look in the secondary, we talked about it so often, you know, and people I think are aware of that on offense, right, with running backs that can line up in the slot and do all kinds of things, and tight ends that have, you know, gone all over the formation, going back to Tony Gonzalez and Antonio Gates two years ago. Well, you need the guys in the secondary that can line up all over the place. And that's why I think when you look at, you know, the additions that they've made this offseason in the secondary, both at safety and at corner, it's almost hard to talk about them independently because all of those guys can line up in so many different spots, and it gives Jim Schwartz and Mark Von Manuel the, the flexibility moving forward on that side of the ball and say, okay, you know, no matter how the offense tries to attack us, we want to be able to have answers from a size and athleticism standpoint. I just want to add real quick there, how valuable was Patrick Robinson for this team on the Super Bowl run? Okay, we all are going to remember the game-changing pick six in the NFC Championship game, but all season long, Patrick Robinson was a very, very good slot corner for this football team. And to Fran's point, you need to have the depth there, okay? We remember in it was 2018 that, you know, there were 10-plus cornerbacks lining up for this team because of the injuries. You don't want to have to go through that again, have any concerns, so you want to have as many numbers there. And the Eagles not just have the numbers, but quality numbers there now in the slot going into 2020. C-Mac, I'm glad you brought up Patrick Robinson. Who can forget what Patrick Robinson did in that NFC Championship game, turning it all around against the Minnesota Vikings. Four men on the rush. Keenum throws. He's picked. Patrick Robinson back the other way. Looking for a block. Gets it. Robinson for the touchdown. Okay, guys, we've kind of established that the newcomers are going to make an impact, a significant impact. Here's the question. Who's the other starting cornerback? List your candidates. Fran, you go first. Well, I think you got to start the conversation with Avante Maddox, right? And I go back to his rookie season in 2018 where we saw that kid line up in the slot. We saw him line up outside the corner. We saw him line up at free safety for Rodney McLeod. And we saw him execute all three of those roles at a pretty high level, especially considering he was an early day three selection in the 2017 or in the 2018 draft. So I think when you look at Avante Maddox, you know, and you say, oh, you know, is he tall enough to play on the outside? Is he fast enough to play on the outside? He's competitive, and he's built the way that Jim Schwartz likes his guys. I think if you go back to, you know, when he was the defensive coordinator with the Tennessee Titans, you know, and what he did with Cortland Finnegan out there with the Titans, I think that Avante Maddox has that same kind of body type, that same kind of skill set. Uh, you know, and he, again, he has shown that he can execute that role at a high level. Brandon, you've got a little help there, don't you? You're not doing this analysis by yourself. I can hear that. No, he's, he's, he's feeding me the answers. I'm just kind of telling you, he's whispering in my ear what he wants me to say. So That's exactly right. C-Max, so Fran's going with Avante Maddox. Who you got? How do you not? How do you not go with Avante Maddox? To me, if you're going to say, we're going to be in the nickel sub package with five defensive backs, and I want my five best defensive backs on the field, Avante Maddox has to be in that conversation. He needs to be on the field. So at this point here, if we're going to say Darius Slay is locked in as one starter, you're going to go with either Cravon or Nickel Roby Coleman in the slot, two very good options, great competition right there. I want Avante Max on the other side. Now, I'm not going to discount 
Rasul Douglas because I think if he could be utilized in a press man way, I think if he can be more consistent, he showed flashes. There were times last year during training camp when he was lining up as a starting corner because of the injury to Jalen Mills that you said Rasul looks like he's going to turn the corner, okay? He's got the length. He's got the physicality, okay? There are traits there to like. He's willing to, to mix it up with receivers, just was too inconsistent and never really could take full advantage of the opportunity. And then Sidney Jones, we've talked about the talent, and again, we've seen flashes of it, but again, it's putting it out there on a down-in, down-out basis. There were times, again, last summer before the season where we said, look, this is a guy who looks like he's again, turning the corner, finally being able to capitalize on that talent. And he came in during the season and had a couple of key reps down the stretch when he was relied upon, relied upon, I should say, in clutch situations. So there's still still some some things to be worked out there. So right now, I agree with Fran. It should be Avante Maddox. But, again, I don't discount, A, having Rasul sitting there with the experience, or, B, more competition coming in down the line. I don't think it's a finished product here at quarterback. All right, I'm going to go with what the, the guy you just mentioned. I'm going to go with Sidney Jones. Just the standpoint of, hey, final year of his quirky contract, it's really a crossroads season. Coming into it with some newfound confidence, and I think Marquand Manuel the new defensive back coach will be a really good addition for Sidney Jones. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Have a great Monday, and we will talk to you later as we continue to go position by position with the 2020 Philadelphia Eagles. Thanks to Fran. Thanks to Chris. Thanks to Howie Roseman and Jatavis Brown for their time. Thanks to all of you for joining once again here on the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Peter Kelly, Ray Doyle, great job putting it all together. And once again, if you have a moment to give us a five-star rating, we thank you very much. We will start a mailbag segment later in the week, so look for it on Twitter, at Eagles Insider. I'll create a tweet that you can respond to. Questions, I will have them answered for you by the Philadelphia Eagles in our upcoming podcast. So your participation is very much appreciated. Thanks for joining, everyone. Have yourselves a great Eagles day. Fly, Eagles, fly. And please stay safe, stay healthy out there. E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles!